Hey guys, you're listening to Talk Space with Jen and Kui. I'm your girl, Jen. And I'm your girl, Kui. And this is our Safe Space podcast, where we talk about all things life, from professions to family to love and all the things in between. But from our perspective, of course. So grab your favorite drink, have a seat, and let's just chat. Let's jump into the episode. Do it. All right. So mental health. Um, as we told you guys, we definitely had to take a mental health break. And it was an impromptu one. It wasn't one that we had planned or even expected. It just kind of happens. And I think sometimes in life, your body will just tell you when it's time to take a break, whether it's your mind telling you or your body physically telling you. And I think for both of us, it may have been a little bit of both, right? It was our minds and our body just kind of brought us to a halt. And so that's why we wanted to come back with this new episode and definitely talk about mental health. And one thing that I want to make sure we address in this episode is something that I didn't realize before is the stigma behind mental health in the African-American community. I'll be completely honest in saying that I was completely ignorant to the stigma that there is because I wasn't raised with that stigma. I wasn't raised to like think that it wasn't okay to you know, need help or reach out or have a therapist or things like that. So I definitely want to make sure that's one of the things that we touch on, the stigma behind mental health in our community. The stigma behind mental health in the female community as well is something that I want to talk about. And just kind of breaking free of those stigmas. Yeah, I I definitely think that the conversation... I won't say as much as it used to be, but I think that the conversation around mental health in general in the Black community is something that is taboo to speak on. You know what I'm saying? Like even um, just me speaking from personal experience of having, I don't want to say mental health issues, but going through a period um, a few years back to where I was clinically depressed, I was struggling and did not know how to initiate reaching out for help. Um, I was on medication for depression. And I think that everyone around me did not know how to handle that because I mean, as far as the family is concerned, I am one of the people who brings the upbeat energy. Um, But just sometimes when you are bogged down in other areas of life, it makes it really hard to be who you wanna be. Listen, I think God, you know, no offense to anybody who may be listening who is not super religious, but I thank God for bringing me through that season. I think, you know, thank God for not allowing me to get to the point where I know some people are with depression, where they consider suicide or anything like that. You know, if you need that type of support, there are definitely, definitely different resources out there. Um, But going through that, you really kind of forget who you are as a person. I mean, you really do lose your personality when you're struggling mentally. Um, And so, I mean, my anxiety was bad. It was it was a really terrible, dark season for me. And I think just having people who even if they didn't understand it or could not relate or, you know, you just have to get over it, you know, that type of mentality. Cause we know older black people, that's their mantra. It is what it is. You got to get over it. 
you continue pushing forward. But I think, you know, me having that support system who could not understand or could not relate, they still tried their best to be there for me the best way that they knew how. And I think that it helped kind of lift me out of that. Um, so I think that, you know, there are so many different resources too, because I even went to a program where they discussed with me how to have certain conversations with people who did not understand depression to help wow. gather that support that I needed, you know? And I think that's very important. So I think in saying all of that, I think that us both kind of not, that's one of the things I've always appreciated about our relationship is because there wasn't a long drawn out conversation we needed to have. There wasn't a conversation about like, well, when are we, you know, let's set a timeline. When are we going to get back together and start working on podcasts again? I think it just kind of like clicked for the both of us that we needed this time. We didn't need to talk about it. And then when we were both ready and in that space to where we were able to do this again, to put all of that energy back into it, it's kind of crazy how we both kind of reached out to each other right around the same time. And we were like, hey, are we going to get back on this? And I think we were both fired up again. So that's phenomenal. So y'all get y'all a, get y'all a gin. Okay. Get y'all a gin. <laughs> get y'all a queen. It's the balance. I think we, I think we are balanced and we've talked about that and we've mentioned it to like other people. I know talking to other people about the podcast, excuse me, they definitely say that like, we're kind of a yin and yang. We balance each other out in every episode. And I think that's why our energy one kind of brought us back to, to be able to say, okay, we're ready. And I think that's also why our energy just kind of started this whole thing in the first place. But I definitely want to touch on a couple of things that you said. The fact that you said mental health is kind of like a taboo topic, especially amongst older generations. I think it's a taboo topic amongst older generations across different ethnicities, not just the African-American community, but I think it's so heavenly concentrated within the African-American community for a number of reasons that I don't even think people realize. And not that I want to always take, you know, the topic back to something else, but a lot of things that happen within the community are so related to other things, right? A lot of things that happen, a lot of things that we're shameful of and don't even realize that we're shameful of can be, you know, connected back to like racism and the Jim Crow era and slavery and all these other things. And so I also think it's important for us to talk about them so that they're no longer a taboo topic, so that we're no longer hiding, we're no longer keeping this secrets, we're no longer living under the guise of not sharing our stories, because those stories are so important, not just for us, but for other people in general. And so, for instance, I'm a, I'm a writer, so anyone who knows me knows that I write, and I've written for years, like since I was little, I've always written. I've got notebooks and notebooks and notebooks of stuff, and I never published anything, I never really put anything out there. Let me not say never, because there was, there were, I think, two times when I was in high school that I had published something, but I didn't really put a lot of my work out there because it was always so personal for me. And it was personal because that was my mental health journey. It was always my mental health journey. It was always my mental health process, the way that I processed information. And so I never shared it with anyone. But as I started to share it with people, people began to identify with it. And I saw that it was just kind of like a beacon for other people as well, right? It, it resonated with other people. And so when I put my book together and released my book, 
I didn't expect it to have the impact that it did. Let me not say that because I did, I did expect it to have some sort of an impact. I just didn't think that people would connect with it as, as much as they did. And that's because that was my story. But our stories, even though they're so individualized, they're still very much interconnected because we're still people. We still go through many of the same things in life. And so I think by having these conversations, the mental health process and mental health journey um, becomes less of a taboo topic. Does that make sense? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think that's something okay. that that I, I think that's just a part of being a human. You know, you think that what you're going through and what you're experiencing is just a journey of your own. However, you don't realize how even the the smallest details of something you went through, how that can be, you know, somebody's like, hey, I went through that too. You know what I'm saying? Right. For me, it was that I almost felt that if my words, excuse me, were out there for other people to see, they would no longer be my words. But... I think what's important to understand is that our words are not for us. Like we've already lived that process. We've already lived through that experience. We've already witnessed it. So our words, the moment that we feel the urge for them to come out of us, whether it's talking to someone else, writing it down, painting it, um, you know, if you're in the studio recording a new song or whatever, our words are no longer for us. Our words are always meant to help other people and deliver other people out of their situation. And so the moment that I accepted that was the moment that I no longer, you know, kept my words just for me. Another thing that I wanted to talk about or just kind of wanted to retouch on was the fact that when you did seek help or when you were talking to someone, um, they kind of they kind of helped you essentially initiate that conversation or initiate the conversations with the people around you. And that is so, so important because sometimes I think a lot of people don't know how to have those conversations or when they do have those conversations, it's not well received on the other end. One thing that I wanna say is when you're having a conversation about something that you're going through or something that you're feeling with someone else, their response to that is not something that we should take personal. Right, because that will then kind of, it, it compounds onto what we're already experiencing. And we can sometimes feel even worse about whatever it is that we're going through because it wasn't received well. So it takes an immense amount of courage to begin having those conversations with people. So I commend you and I commend everyone else that begins to have those conversations with people. And when you have those conversations, guys, do so with the understanding that you may not get the response that you want, okay? Because we can't control other people's responses. You may not get the response that you want, but you gave the information that needed to be given, that needed to be put out there. So definitely, as Kui said, if you don't know how to have those conversations, make sure that you reach out to someone that can absolutely help you begin to have those conversations because that's super, super important. And we're going to put a list of resources like in the comment section in the show notes so that you guys know, or at least have an idea of um, different places that you can reach out to. And I think that it's funny that you said that, because I was just kind of thinking back to when I was dealing, you know, with these professionals, they actually called it the burden of their response. So Mm. just as though, just as they went through with us, how to initiate those conversations, they also said that the burden of their response is not our responsibility. 
because what you're basically doing, the thing, the thing that I learned was that what you're basically doing is telling someone why you're, why you're not being yourself. So if you're used to seeing happy go lucky, big energy, always the, the center of the attention, always pulling everybody together, qui, and I'm not being that, this is why, this is what I'm going through. Whatever they respond to you is not your burden. You're giving them the information as to why you're not being yourself. You're being open with them and letting them know that you're going through something. And if they're like dismissive, because that is what you'll get a lot, people who are being dismissive about whatever it is, or, you know, kind of trying to downplay what you're going through, that's not your burden to carry. They don't understand it. And that's okay too, you know? And I think that was, that's exactly what it was called, burden of their response is is one of the things and that burden of however they respond is not your responsibility and I thought that was pretty dope so just to kind of reflect off what you said that's exactly what it was called the burden of their response it's not your responsibility so that is awesome that is so awesome and I feel like we could have a whole conversation just about that because how often do we just have regular conversations with people, right? And whether you're in a relationship or you're talking to your homegirl or homeboy or whatever, and you have a conversation or let's say you're super, super excited about something. Like I remember one time I was talking to someone and I was so excited about what I was about to tell them. And I rarely get like super excited about my stuff. I can get excited about other people's stuff and sharing other people's news, but my stuff, I'm like, eh, it's not that big of a deal. But I was so, so excited about this one thing. And I remember sharing it and the person was just like, okay. And I was like, what? Okay. I was like, wait, did you understand what I like? Did you hear the words that just came out of my mouth? Because I feel like if we're this close, if we're this connected, like you should, you should also be somewhat excited, right? And the response that I got was just okay. And so many times in our life, we don't realize that we have an expectation of the other person's response. And we want them to respond in a particular way. And so many times they're not going to respond in the way that we want. So it's important to go into these conversations, any conversation, without having expectations of the other person's response. Because then that's when, when they don't respond the way that we want them to or the way we, we feel like they should, that's when their response becomes a burden. And it's a burden that we then carry because then you start to internalize it and you start to think, well, what was wrong with the way that I said it? Maybe there is something, you know, more that's wrong or why didn't they feel this way or why didn't they feel that way? And it's something that can play over and over and over again in our mind, guys. And it shouldn't. Like, who cares about the way that they respond? You got it off your chest. You got it out your system. You lifted your burden. You lift, you know, you lightened your load. It doesn't make sense to then take on another burden that's replacing the burden that you just lifted by sharing this information. It's counterproductive. Absolutely. And I think that kind of transcends across all subject areas, not just when you're, hey, I'm having some issues with my mental health, but even when you're expecting somebody to be excited for you. One of the things that I just in life have learned is that, you know, not everybody is going to receive what you're saying the way that you want them to, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I think that not only that, but sometimes your excitement, again, speaking for me personally, I think the reason even beyond, you know, past situations with pregnancy for me, 
the reason why I did not share is because I did not want anybody who was not going to give me the same energy you just said. Like, mm. I'm giving you this news, girl. You better be jumping up and down with excitement, or, you know, you better be so excited for me that you can't contain it, you know? And I felt like until I was ready to receive even people hovering low with their energy when I told them, I was not telling anybody. And that fear is something that can, because that's exactly what that was, right? It's a fear of not receiving what we want to receive back. Yeah. And that can be suffocating Yeah. because then we are not sharing and we are not talking and we are not, you know, opening up and just, just releasing stuff that needs to be released. And that can be so, so suffocating and just so hindering and be a burden all in itself. And sometimes we don't realize that by not sharing, it's, you know, putting more weight on us than if we were to just say it and get it out and not care about what someone else has to say about it. I just think specifically with this situation though, I just was not in the headspace to get any type of negative energy at all, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm like, listen, I might be pregnant, but I ain't going to be that way forever. So just know. Oh, Lord. I we were a, on such a great note. I can hold a, y'all, I can hold a good grudge. Okay, not forever, but until I'm ready or until. Anyway. Did you wake up choosing halfway violence? It's always 100% violent. It needs to be halfway right about now. Okay. No, be halfway. No, we, for, we still for, operating oh, at like 85, 90% violence choosing. But anyway, seriously though, because I, I, I just chose to keep it a secret until like I was ready to be okay with people that were not going to be a hundred percent excited. But again, like you said, that's also me trying to carry that burden of wanting those expectations that I wanted, but I'll be honest. I told somebody that I'm really close to and the energy was really low. Like even when I had gotten past the point of like, Oh, I don't really care at this point. Like it is what it is. You know, I'm happy my man is happy. My family is happy. But I told somebody and I was kind of disappointed by their response, you know, and that, uh-huh. that really kind of broke me down a little bit. Like I really found myself a little bit sad about it. And I don't know, it just kind of like hurt. Cause I'm like, dang. Okay. So I think with that, right. It may be, it may be a smidge different. And the reason why it's a smidge different is because you know, your journey, right. You know, where you have been, with this situation and to not be there and to not have the fear of what the situation was or could have been, I think it was only natural to just want positive vibes and positive energy to just keep, you know, keep you on this high of, for lack of a better phrase, making it this far. Absolutely. So boo to that person. I don't know who you are, but if I find out who you are, I'm coming with the violence that she can't come with right now. I'm just saying. I can come with violence. I don't care. No, can you stop? You cannot come with violence right now. I seen a post and I was like, oh, that's definitely me. Because violence for me no longer means that I'm going to be throwing hands with you. Violence means now that I'm reaching in my purse. That's a lot classier anyway. (laughs) We going to start calling you my dear. No, because I'm not old yet. But when I turn, we don't even know how old Medea is. Medea got great grandchildren and look like she only 57. Listen, and when I turn 57, y'all can call me Medea. 
but I think I think this break was really good for the both of us. I think it definitely helped me out. It helped me get through the, you know, the rocky period in my pregnancy. And I really did not have to focus on anything beyond just developing a brain, a heart, lungs, and a person mm. and my job and that for me was really good and I needed that so I want to thank you for allowing me that opportunity to get my mental together you're welcome because you could have been on my ass like back pockets or whatever Drake said (laughs) I don't know what Drake said but (laughs) I'm just gonna say you're welcome um I think I think if I were like if I was if I had been like hard on you and then like what's going on I think that would have given me anxiety so I probably didn't do that because I didn't want the anxiety and I wanted this to continue to be something that was I don't know just freeing and not felt like it was a duty or a task and if I had been on you like that it would have felt like it was a task and I, I didn't want that for me so you're welcome even though I probably wasn't on you for selfish reasons oh no okay but I also felt like if like I didn't like initially right I didn't know what was going on or whatever but I felt like if something wasn't going on if you didn't need a break I felt like you would have reached out to me as well so I just let it be for a little bit but anyway you're welcome the, the, the you're welcome and the thank you don't need explanations you said thank you I said you're welcome done okay praise the lord all right all hearts minds are clear <laughs> anyway <laughs> so let's just talk about um guys when we say mental health we don't mean something is wrong right like I think a lot of times people think when you say mental health or mental health issues people think oh somebody must be crazy or Ooh, something must be wrong with someone but when we think about the overall health of our bodies right we want everything to be in good working order within our bodies on a regular basis some of us are workout fanatics. Some of us um, make sure that we eat a certain way, that we work out a certain way, that we are um, just taking care of our bodies. And part of that is taking care of your mind and taking care of your thought processes and making sure that you are just kind of working through everything the way that works best for you and the way that is healthy for you. So First, we definitely want to make sure that that is said because we are not specifically going to address um, mental health diagnoses or disorders or anything like that. Just we want to just address like a well balanced frame of mind, essentially. Um, One thing that I thought was really interesting is that one in four Black Americans has one or more mental health conditions that can go unrecognized because we don't have these conversations. That's 25%. That literally means if eight people got together, two people would be in a position to be struggling with some type of mental health issue. And it could just be sadness, right? It could just be anxiety. It could just be um, light depression. It could be clinical depression. It It could be a number of things. But one in four Black Americans has a mental health condition um, for lack of a better way of saying that, right? For, for putting a label on it, essentially. 
that sometimes we don't even realize we are experiencing and we don't realize we're experiencing it because one, we're always taught to save face. And two, I think part of it is just the way that we're raised, especially when you're raised to be a strong black individual, right? Whether it's a strong black man or a strong black woman. And we're taught to, as Quee said, always keep going. Um, so like, no matter what it is, like suck it up, get through it and keep moving on. And because I think that's the, the way that a lot of us are raised and the mentality that we grow up with, sometimes it is difficult to take a moment and assess if there needs to be something else that we are discussing or handling or dealing with. So I just thought that statistic was um, definitely something I wanted to mention. And I ain't no mental health professional, but if y'all need a diagnosis, I'll tell you if you're crazy as hell. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. No, I'm um, just kidding. I'm just kidding. Listen, crazy recognize crazy on a regular. For sure. <laughs> I'm having a full-blown conversation with somebody that is crazy right now. She's not talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have these people thinking I'm that crazy now. Hold up. Not at all. I think crazy is a word that um, you know what? We both crazy. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Absolutely. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at Talkspace Jen and Quee. We'll talk to you guys on the next episode.